you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hi, Dan Miller here. Hey, this is an exciting time of year. Now, a lot of you will be listening to this on November 14th. You know, that's a special day for me, a very special day. Can you figure out why? Why would November 14th, just an odd number, be important to me? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because that means it's 48 days till the beginning of a new year. 48 days till the beginning of a new year. Guess what? That means I need to have my goals set. I need to know exactly what I need to get done as we go into the new year. And that's an exciting time for me to have clearly laid out, which I do clearly laid out, not only financial goals, but goals in other areas as well. Now, I'll give you a link to that in the, in the notes today where you can go and get a worksheet if you want to, just my free worksheet to work through your own goals. But I encourage you to do that. Don't wait until January 1st. January 1st rolls around and all of a sudden it's February 1st and you're still trying to define your goals and you think, well, gee, a month's already gone. I might as well wait till next year. Don't do that. Plan out now what you want next year to look like. And we're going to develop that thought a little bit more here as we go along. Hey, one of our partners today is audible.com. You know, that's my favorite place to get audio books. Speaking of goals, I would recommend you get David Allen's fantastic book, getting things done. So if you need a real boost, get the audio version of getting things done. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. And you can get that free. If you're not yet a member of audible.com again, audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, get a copy of getting things done by David Allen. Now our theme for today is going to be what story are you telling? I'm going to give you an example out of one of my books here in a little bit about how you can tell your own story and probably tell it in multiple ways. But here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, should I pay $7,500 to be the author of a chapter in a celebrity book? Common kind of thing. I'll tell you why that's showing up so much and what my advice is on that. Dan, I'm doing well, but I dream of buying a mountain resort. I can't help but feel the only way I'll be happy is to stay at my depressing job. That's kind of an oxymoron to even frame it like that. Dan, my pay and position as an optometrist keep me from seeing better opportunities. Interesting scenario. And then someone wants to know at what point do I need to register as a business? Now, here's my quotation for today. And I'll tell you why I'm big on this. My quotation actually comes from one of my books and it is this, the story you tell yourself reinforces where you are and what your future will be. That comes from wisdom meets passion. I want to read you a little section of that here in just a little bit to kind of expand on that. Now, a lot of things going on. As many of you know, our website was hacked this last week. It's just one of those unfortunate things You know, it's like whack-a-mole. As soon as you raise your head a little bit in any way, some idiot out there wants to whack you on the head. I don't know why we could never go into the psychology of the mind of these idiots that spend their creativity and their time hacking websites. But it happens. And trust me, I didn't lose any sleep over it. They took our website down. 
sometime Friday night. We didn't get it back up till Tuesday afternoon. That's a long period of time. I slept like a baby right during that period of time. Just one of those things, no use being frustrated. We had competent people working on it and it's back up and running and hopefully some added protection. It's just part of being successful at any level. You're going to get attacked by other people. You know, it's just, it's part of the process being successful. Again, no matter what modicum, what level you're at, if you are successful, you're going to have people trying to pull you back down. It's like those black crabs in a bucket that I talk about. As soon as you start to crawl out, somebody grabs your leg and pulls you back down to their level. You know, it's a source of bigotry and all kinds of maladies in our culture, but it's just part of the part of the game. With any kind of success, there's going to be people who are trying to pull you down because they're whiners and losers who are trying to bring people down to their level. So anyway, thank you so much for all of you who reached out, all of you who let us know, and all of you who offered support and help. I mean, it's countless people reached out immediately and said, hey, I can help you, and I appreciate that really a lot. Hey, a couple other things coming up. A lot of you are asking about uh, Coaching with Excellence. That's our primary event at this point. And it, the first one is in January, January 29th and 30th. I wanted to have it in January. Ashley, my daughter says, ah, everybody's busy in January. You know, let's wait. And I said, oh my gosh, I want it to be in January because that's such a great time to kick off a new direction in your life. So if you're interested in being a coach and a lot of you have expressed interest in that, we have hundreds and hundreds of you in the 48days.net site who say, gee, I'd like to be a coach. People are already asking me. They're coming to me for my advice and opinion. Well, if they are, then we can probably frame what you're doing to position you legitimately as a coach. Now, it doesn't mean you just take a walk in the park and put a sign up. You're a coach. No, it's an ongoing process of learning, training, but we can get you started on that path. And our premier event for that is Coaching with Excellence. I'd love to see you here. It's coming up on January 29th and 30th. Just go to 48days.com, click on the live events, and you'll see a description that there. You'll hear from other people who have been here in the testimonials. Just this last week, I was at Kent Julian's Speak It Forward event at Atlanta and ran into Jerome Ward, who was here, I think, earlier this year, but uh, has launched himself as a coach. His first client relationship was $40,000. Now, the event is $1,000. Now, you, you hear me talk a lot about it. I mean, we're o- very open. There's no smoke and mirrors, no hype. It's a thousand bucks. And I tell people that I expect you to get a 10 times return within the first 12 months. If you do what we lay out for you to do and don't get a 10 times return, I'll give you your money back that you invested to come here. I feel that strongly about it. But what we hear more commonly is stories like Jerome who's saying, Hey, I left here, kind of got my act together, figured out what I really wanted to do. Boom. First client, $40,000. And he's got a couple others in the wings that would be equally as strong. A couple other things. Um, make sure you're taking advantage of the Tuesday night brainstorming sessions that we've got going on. I mean, it just is stellar, the content. This last week I had Clark Gaither on. He's a physician. He talked about physician burnout, how rampant it is, but how to detect it, how to avoid it, how to recognize it in ourselves and others, and the things that we can do to avoid burnout. Just great, great content. You can go back and click on, if you go to 48days.net and click on the Tuesday night brainstorming sessions, you can see all the archives there, all the other great content. I've had people on there like you know Kent Julian and Andy Traub and Ray Edwards, 
I mean, a lot of really stellar people. Kamanzi Constable, I love his story about how he went from an overweight bread truck driver to a slim, lean, mean, speaking, authoring machine, now living rather than in Wisconsin, living in Hawaii. I mean, well, that story is on there. So check out the Tuesday night brainstorming sessions. I'll keep track of those every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Central. You can just jump on there and listen to the new advice that we're being given by competent people in the 48 Days community. Now, how do you tell your life story? Now, this comes out of Wisdom Eats Passion, but I told this recently at a conference, got a dramatic response from people as we kind of went through it and unpacked it. How do you tell your life story? Now, like everybody, you know, I can certainly tell mine in a couple ways. So let me do that just real quickly. I grew up in a home where we didn't even have running water until I was in the eighth grade. I knew nothing but poverty. As a five-year-old, I was forced to get up at 5.30 a.m. to do my share of the farming chores. Most Christmases, I got a new pair of blue jeans, my one gift for a non-joyous occasion. I was not allowed to wear neckties or fancy clothes because of my parents' legalistic religious beliefs. I was not allowed to go to movies, dances, or sporting events. Our home was rigid and somber, little laughter. I received zero in financial help for college from my parents. In fact, they resisted me going to college. I hated the cold weather in Ohio. If only I had been born into a family with more opportunity. Now that's one version of my story. Or, here's another one. In my family, we learned how to make good use of everything. Nothing was wasted. We grew our own food, and I created toys from things other families discarded. As a small boy, I had the opportunity to experience real work and to begin my commitment to work that was meaningful and profitable. With no TV or radio in the house, I became an avid reader, and that opened me up to a wealth of wisdom and knowledge that continues to serve me well today. I worked right through my college years and valued the education I was paying for myself. My father's devotion to his religious views prompted me to deep study, to formulate beliefs I could be equally committed to. Today, I value the work ethic and the uncompromising integrity I learned in that strict Amish Mennonite environment. As my own man, I wore neckties until I came to the realization that there was more than legalism to provide reason for not wearing the silly things. The creativity and ingenuity I experienced as a child has served me in a thousand ways in helping me see opportunities others miss. Now, both of those versions of my life are equally true. But if you just met me, which of those stories would make you want to get to know me more? Which story do you think makes me more confident, happier, and gives me more energy today? Well, I think that's pretty clear. But, you know, out of those stories, I mean, that that short, quick story about how I view my life in a positive way, taking those things that others might have seen as disadvantages and turning them into positives that I value greatly. I mean, out of that come the core message for everything else that I do in business. I mean, everything. I mean, just think about it. Out of those stories come the core message that I've leveraged into the business that I have today, everything at 48 days. And there, there are things like, don't be a victim, accept responsibility for the life you have, see things in ways other people miss, mindset is more important than circumstances, we can determine our own future, 
and central to everything is the quotation I use today. The story you tell yourself reinforces where you are and what your future will be. So what is your story? How do you tell your story? I mean, even if you lost your job, your dog died, you've got heartburn, they repossessed the trailer. I mean, what story do you want to be replaying in your mind that allows you to move to a higher level of success? What picture are you presenting to others? If you're telling yourself an unhealthy story of your life, it will perpetuate the same reality. Creating a healthy story could change the way you see your life and the way others see and respond to you. Now that comes right out of page 149 in Wisdom Meets Passion. If you've got that book, you can go back and review that. I want to get, well, you know, you can also get an audio version of that book. If you want to hear Jared and, and me talking it, speaking, reading the book, Jared, my son, with whom I co-wrote that book, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and just put in wisdom meets passion. Boom. You'll see it right there. Six hours and 12 minutes of Dan Meller and Jared on Gaza. Of course, Jared has a different last name. If you've been listening, you know that um, one of my sons chose to change his last name, a decision that he, that I and his mother supported fully. We're thrilled about it. On Gaza is Swahili. And it means instrument of light. I mean, we're thrilled to have a child who so intentionally chose a name that he wanted to convey the message of his life. Anyway, there's another book, too, that I'll recommend. And that that really relates to telling your own story. That's Donald Miller's book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, What I Learned While Editing My Life. So Donald Miller, you can go in and look for that. A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. That's another one. If you just go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can pull that one up. It's a great story about uh, Donald telling about his own life story. He wrote the book Blue Like Jazz. It'll be a real quick synopsis. He wrote Blue Like Jazz, and the book kind of languished for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden took off, had kind of a cult following, and, and sales were pretty good on it. So... Somebody came along, a movie producer came along and said, well, gee, we're going to make a movie of that. So Donald says, okay. So they said, well, here's a scene, you know, where Donald comes out under the balcony and he looks down and he jumps down on the back of a white horse and rides off into the sunset. Donald's like, well, wow, that never happened to me. They said, well, we know that that's the way we make movies. Though. We take a little bit of truth and then we kind of give it scope. We expand on it to make it really interesting. And Donald's like, no, wait a minute. So you're going to take my real life and then try to make it interesting. My, my real life is pretty boring. Why don't I create a life that would be like a movie script? And so that's exactly what he did. Based on that particular event, he then decided, I'm going to write the script for my life like you would a movie. And he included things like riding a bicycle across the country had a couple other people join him. Well, actually a small crowd joined him and they raised a couple hundred thousand dollars for charity water, but he's done all kinds of interesting things since then. And of course started a conference as well. Storyline conference, which I've been to and took both of my sons to a couple years ago in Portland. Great event. You ought to check it out. But anyway, you can get his book as well. If you would like to check that out. Now, speaking of Jared here, here's going to be a nice tie into Jared. I got an audio clip from Heath Armstrong and he titled it. He wrote a blog about this, about 
um, God, I forget what it, it was. Something like, you know, how a stranger saved my life. It was something like that. Anyway, instead of reading his blog, I'll, I'll play you the audio clip. Now he's talking about Jared, my son here, and I'll expand on that a little bit, but listen to what Heath has to say. Hey, Dan, my name is Heath Armstrong. I'm connecting out of Kentucky, but I wanted to, first of all, just tell you this little story about back when I was in college seven or eight years ago, I boarded a plane and sat next to a complete stranger. Well, that stranger ended up saving my life. And he had tattoos up his arms. He had a bald head. He had a goatee. He looked much different than what I was used to. But he started asking me about me and what I did. We got into it. And he asked me one simple question, and it was, do you love it? And I said, no, not really. And he said, well, then why are you doing it? His name was Jared, and he went on to teach me everything in that two-hour plane trip that has set a staple to changing my life. And I I am forever in debt to Jared, your son, for this. As soon as we got off the plane, he sent me your book, No More Mondays, which has played a staple in my life. I have now recreated everything that I do, changed all of my habits, and I now run my own podcast called The Entrepreneur Now and artsynow.com, where I interview inspiring and creative entrepreneurs all over the world that are doing amazing things to help change the world. Jared showed me all about his African village and the changes he was making, and he is saving lives every single day. I am so humbled to have crossed paths with him, and I just wanted to say thank you and Jared from the bottom of my heart for everything you've done. Well, thanks, Heath, for that a wonderful message. Uh, we, we got that message that came into my, my email when Jared was with me at Kent Julian's conference down at Atlanta. So it was neat to pull that up together while we were right in the same motel room. Uh, Jared happens to be here, you know, back from Africa on his way to Brazil in a couple months, but uh, it was neat to get that testimonial. He did remember that event. It's been quite some time ago. Incidentally, uh, Joe, uh, Heath, I want to update you with the book that Jared and I wrote together. Uh, you didn't mention that, but um, I want to make sure that you get a copy of Wisdom Meets Passion because it certainly has more of Jared's story in there and how he continues to inspire others. Now, let, let me continue here. I had that in my... Um, Success category, certainly a great success story. And I want to go on with a couple others here real quickly. This comes from Joe Berman. We've heard from Joe a couple times. He started the newsletter for podcasters. And I've mentioned that. And he said, uh, thanks for telling my story. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for mentioning podtopod.com, which is where you subscribe for the newsletter for podcasters. Thanks for putting it in the show notes. My subscriptions went up dramatically since then. Thanks for sending me Seth Godin's book. Apparently, Joe was one of the winners of the little poke the box contest I did a couple weeks ago. I'm adding Seth's book to my reading list. I'm in the middle of, of, according to Kindle, I'm about 60% through reading your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. This is the second time I'm reading it, and also a book called What Is Your What? Um, Golly, What Is Your What? That's Steve Olsher friend of mine from Chicago wrote that book as well. This reading was started as my take on your six month challenge to involve myself in motivational material for 30 minutes and I'll double my income within six months. Just thought you'd appreciate the update. And anyway, some other notes from Joe, but thanks for your updates again. Congratulations on jumping into that challenge. Incidentally, a lot of you are about halfway through that challenge. 
that six months reading 30 minutes a day, positive material for six months. I said, you could double your income. If you do that, get a whole bunch of people that are doing that. And a lot of them, you that are documenting that in various ways, some sharing on 48 days.net. Uh, Tim Sherfy is doing that and some others. So we appreciate seeing those updates. Uh, that's going to, the six months is going to end about the second week in February. I think about the time that we're off on the ultimate advantage cruise, you know, that'd be a great way to wrap that up. If you see that, in fact, you are getting an acceleration in your income and you want to celebrate what's happening, know what the trends are and where you're going. I jump on the ultimate advantage cruise. Join us on that one week cruise where we're going to have a blast going down to Fort Lauderdale, San Juan, Puerto Rico and down on beyond. Well, here's a note from James who says, Dan, minutes in your podcast, I was instantly changed and a light clicked on. I was an I'm an illustrator by design, so my initial goal was to go to art school. My thoughts and plans never went deeper than that. Tears for Fears was on the radio, and I headed off to a shift to do a shift at the Chrysler Car Factory. I was blessed and cursed. Here's an opportunity. Here was an opportunity to work my way through college and avoid student loans. A blessing. There was also the ease and comfort of the job. Curse. Factory work was predictable and a soul-crushing boredom. Made great money, and I had stability and safety, or so I thought. Soon realized I was a bird in a cage trying to pick the lock to escape, but with no knowledge on how to fly. I had earned a BFA, that's, uh, let's see, the Bachelor of Fine Arts, after a tough seven years of juggling work and classes, but was trapped, or so I thought, in the need experience to get the job, need the job to get the experience trap. I was told by a fellow line worker that I thought I was too good to do factory work after 11 years of assembly work that argument collapsed. I was miserable. I felt alone. I knew there was more. My wife said one day, if you hate it so bad, why don't you just quit? She's not said that to me since I took an unpaid leave of absence and went on the hunt in ignorance. I went to a placement agency that placed me in a low level design gig. My salary went from 60,000 to 30,000 with no benefits and no health care. Now I'm going to jump down a little bit here and in his James lengthy note he says i am now a senior art director living out how i'm designed the newark delaware chrysler factory shut its doors permanently in the early 2000s but the story doesn't end there i again found my found myself content until i discovered your 48 days podcast the brilliance and encouragement you share has pushed me further than i would have ever done myself thank you thank you the great thing is if you pursue growth you enjoy sharing knowledge with others so i decided to share you had mentioned ebooks in your community section for do-it-yourself publishing. So I followed the trail. As of yesterday, I have my first ebook on the Kindle store. My book is based on what I learned and how I succeeded taking a unique photo every day for a year. It sounds easy. It's not. I took my learnings and my photos, compiled them into a 12-step encouragement. I'm attaching a PDF of the book as well as a link to the ebook in the Kindle store. Dan, I can't thank you enough for the selfless giving that you do. You've changed so many lives. I continually tell distraught worker bees about your book and podcast. May God continue to bless you and your family as well as the awesome 48 days community. Well, thanks James for your not. I'll put a link to your cool little book. I did pull it up and look at it. It's really nicely done. A lot of great graphics as well as your 12 step encouragement for doing something extraordinary. Now, one more here in the success category today. It comes from Brittany. I love this. Now listen carefully to this. Brittany says, I absolutely love your podcast. I'm a 29 year old single mother 
and I wanted to share with you something I've done recently. I've been working as a recruiter since college and I've been in jobs where I was making between 32 and 42,000. I was recently laid off from a job and decided to think outside the box to find a secure job. I went to LinkedIn and published a post entitled now interviewing my next employer, fresh Prince version. In this post, I did my own rendition of the French fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song and asked employers to partake in a process in which I interviewed them for my next position. I asked for above average compensation, remote friendly work, along with a couple other things. Within hours, I was contacted by reps from leading companies, and the next day, I accepted a senior recruiter position for $90,000. Now, she had said she was always been making between 32 and 42. More than doubled her income, senior recruiter position for 90000 that has worked from home. It's everything I was looking for. Tons of people contacted me and told me they were inspired by my post, and many said that I was too creative to simply be a recruiter. With my experience in human resources and recruiting, I'd like to be a career strategist and help people find jobs they enjoy. The problem I found is that job seekers don't know what they need help with, like things like resumes, interviewing strategies, creative search methods, and so on, or they don't want to pay the money. And I'm not sure how to let them know that they do. What's your advice? I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I'd like to use the extra income I'm earning to fund my entrepreneurial endeavors. Brittany, golly, what a great story, Brittany. I love your creativity. Went on LinkedIn and put up a thing where you were going to, where you did a little song and said you're going to interview potential employers. Just an absolute reverse process. Doubled your income in one day. That is an amazing story. Congratulations on that. Now, as far as the other, I need to answer the other probably in a separate response to you, but how you can find job seekers. I mean, I, I have uh, been, I've done very well, quite frankly, in helping job seekers do the things that you're talking about here. So yeah, they will pay. I mean, they, they will pay if somebody knows that they really want to take a fresh look, get a re, reboot, a restart, do something dramatic like you did. Yeah, they'll pay for that. I mean, there's a lot of us who have done well as career coaches. So you just got to be sure that you're going after the right target audience to make that happen. Well, we could go. We could do a whole lot more in that space. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up with this. We can get to some other questions, but as you know, this is where we pull up our friend Queen here, Freddie Mercury in person. Yeah, we're the champions. I love this section of the podcast. Look forward to it every week where we play your, read through your success stories, and then bring up We Are the Champions here to wrap it up. So if you got a story you want to share with us, golly, give it to us. All right, let me bring this down here a little bit. Anyway, just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link, and you'll see a red starburst there. Open that up and share your story with me there. Or you can just send it directly to askdan at 48days.com. Thanks so much for those stories. I never tire of hearing those great success stories. You know, I compile those. We get so many every week, compile those. I don't know what I'll ever do with them. They'd make a massive, massive book to just go through success stories at some point. But I love hearing how people have taken a little bit of information and knowledge principles and then taken action. I mean, the only thing that changes 
is not just reading something I wrote. Trust me, it's taking action. And I commended those of you who are doing exactly that. Let me get to some questions here. Bruce says, Dan, what are your thoughts around this? And, and this is a, there's a full page ad in the new issue of Success Magazine. The brand new issue, let's see, it's the one with um, Blake Shelton is on the cover. And it's supposedly promoted by Brian Tracy, you know, who's a respected motivational speaker, author, been around forever. And it's where he's putting together a book and he's looking for co-authors where you can get a chapter in this book where you have the credibility of being connected with Brian Tracy, certainly, and others. $7,500 and you get a chapter in this book. The big draw, obviously, is that your name is there. With Brian Tracy, you get 100 copies of the book, so you're paying $75 a book to get that. And Bruce wants to know, is this a good idea? You know, is that something that really would build your credibility? Well, um, no. Um, Brian's been doing this for many years. Now, there are ways to do this and do it really well. I mean, having co-authors is fine. But when you just put out a random notice to anybody in the world who pays you 7500 bucks and you're going to put their content in there, you, you know you're not really screening for quality. You're just selling a product. And that's really what's happening here. I'm not a big fan of this model. I mean, they sell the idea, let's say to 20 people, which is typically what they have 20 or more people in there. You know, anybody who Andy up the money and then they print the books. They promise beyond that, the books don't sell at all. I mean, these, these don't go on to be big sellers. Never. They, they're just dead in the water. They, they are distributed to the people who contributed content and that's it. Now you go, I, I mean, I pulled up one. There's a book out there that Brian did a couple years ago like this against the grain world's leading experts. Now the, the ranking, I mean, it's in the millions in terms of ranking on Amazon, which tells me that, you know, it's selling about three copies a year. I mean, it, it's dead. There, there, nobody's buying a book like that. The only people who have this book are the authors. It's just a business model. Now you do the math on this. I mean, if they get 20 people to kick in $7,500 each, that's $150,000. So they distribute 2000 books. And let's say that, that the books cost about $2 a piece, which is about what you can get those, even a hardback. So let's say $2 each. So that's $4,000 cost. Well, and Brian Tracy and the company, that put this together can split the remaining $146,000. Yeah. You know, he just puts his name out there because he is a well-known celebrity. I just don't like the model. And, and for you to do that, yeah, you get bragging rights. Yes. You're a published author technically, but no one really takes that seriously. No other author, you know, is going to see that as a serious contribution in the writing world. I mean, anybody knows the game and it's just not something that I, encourage at all thanks for your question though i love the question and it, and it can seem legit on the front end and, and there's nothing illegal about it i just don't like the game jason says dan i'm 40 married for 12 years father of three children currently work as a mechanical project engineer at a power plant i have a job that most people would say i'm crazy for wanting to leave i make a six-figure income great benefits six weeks of paid flex time plus additional 10 days of company paid holidays i work a four-day work week and actually get paid overtime which results in an extra ten thousand dollars or so a year 
I get a 12% bonus every year, but since the company has done so well, my bonuses have actually been in excess of 25% over the last five years. I get a pension and a 401k matching. Okay. That that's a pretty, that's a pretty cushy position. All right. So six figures, seven weeks of vacation, almost two months of vacation a year, only works four days a week and then gets paid for any overtime over that. Okay. Pretty great scenario. A lot of people would say just what you're, you're saying. So why leave my boss and his boss, the plant manager, they have to be the worst leaders I've ever worked for. I'll spare the details, but let's just say my boss has, has told his department to throw other departments under the bus talks bad about employees. And as Dave Ramsey calls it, he gossips behind people's back that. And I'm not really interested in being an engineer anymore. If I were to do it all over again, I wouldn't be an engineer. Okay, now again, we've got somebody here 40 years old, so not at the end of his career. It says, so Dan, I'm writing you because I found a mountain resort that my wife and I would like to purchase. It's on top of a mountain. There are only two other resorts on this mountain and they're all owned by the same owner. So it's in an, it's in a captured market. The owner's properties are falling apart and their help is poor. The realtor uses words like functioning alcoholics. They don't invest back in the properties. Okay, let me drop down. He says, we've inspected the property, spoke with the Forest Service, the hospitality and hotel department heads at the local college about internships, staffing, even met with the local job agency. The property will require some capital dollars to get up to our standards, repairs and equipment needed to operate. I figure we would need five to $600,000. We've met with several banks and found one that shares our vision and is ready to invest with us. We'd like to add a cross-country ski trail from our lodge, tying into current trails, convert these trails into mountain bike trails in the summer. We would have the only lodge with trail access. We'd also have fishing, hunting, snowmobile, ATV tours, rentals, photography, etc. I'd like to be able to use this resort for a place for children to get away. Maybe they're suffering from cancer, leukemia, asthma. Invite the Boy and Girl Scouts. Work with church groups for Bible camp. Offer local teachers in the summer a place of employment. Really get involved with the local community. He says, I'm struggling with the fact that there's a good chance my income would go down for the first few years. The resort now makes little to yes, no money, but the opportunity is endless and it would fit our lifestyle. This is our choice of vacation. We spend three to four weeks camping in these mountains and have been observing how things have been run for the past seven years. My fear is losing it all. And can we survive the down months? Thanks, Jason. Wow. I love this scenario you set up. Now, a couple things. It's a lot better to make a move when you're in a positive position. And you described that very well. You're not in a position of desperation where to make a leap forward like this is even more challenging. You're in a really positive position. The things that you described that you've done, you've inspected the property, spoken with the Forest Service, all those kind of things. Careful planning reduces risk. Now, a lot of people looking at this are going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, you're crazy. Why would you do that? You've got a great job. Why would you risk it all? Well, risk is when you have no control. That's not what you're describing here at all. You're describing a very careful approach to this where you've researched a whole lot of aspects that research reduces risk dramatically. I don't think this is something with the, the fact that you've been going there for seven years, you've watched what's happened. You're working the numbers. 
You're looking at what is needed. You have a bank that's willing to participate with you. And I say, this is an opportunity that seems to have a lot of fit for you. So do your research, create your own exit plan and your own exit timing. Yes. But it sounds to me like this is something you're going to regret it if you don't pursue it, if you don't follow through. I think it sounds like you're on something really exciting. And consider what the upside would be. You say, well, it may be tight for a year or two. Well, yeah, but this is something that has a lot of possibility, a lot of margin there for upside. Just go into it anticipating that, you know, budget project for what it would take to duplicate your current income and go up from there. There may not be a downside at all that's required. And be prepared along the way. Other people are going to come alongside. This is what you're going to hear. People say I'm crazy. There you go. You know, there's so many people out there that are going to bring that message to you. What are you doing? People say I'm crazy doing what I'm doing. I mean, it just goes with, goes with the territory that some people are going to have that frame of mind. People get used to that complacency. People get used to the comfortable misery of just continuing to do what they've always done. They're not going to be your biggest cheerleaders. But here's the deal. Find people who are already doing the kind of things that you're doing. Wow. You're going to be blown away by the encouragement that they give you. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. You know, I, I had another quotation up here. Actually, I'm going to use it for next week, but I'll share it now. Anyway, it comes from Mike Murdoch, who says, pay any price to stay in the presence of extraordinary people. You want to find people who have already stepped outside of the norm and are doing great things. They'll encourage you in what you're doing. They will not say you're crazy. It can't be done. They'll say, oh, absolutely. Create a careful plan. Walk it out. Go into the most exciting chapter of your life. Well, here comes a question from Joshua who says, I can't help but feel the only way I'll be happy is to stay at my depressing job. I got to stop on that a minute. How does that work? How is that possible? I can't help but feel the only way I'll be happy is to stay at my depressing job. If it's a depressing job, you aren't going to be happy. Joshua goes on. He says, I got a job offer from a fantastic company. The pay is incredible, but I just can't seem to get excited. I've been a web developer for eight years. I've had multiple ideas that never seem to get finished. My hard drive is full of half finished projects. How can I commit to finishing a project and start living the life I dream of? Well, Joshua, you've laid out the challenge pretty clearly here. 
if you recognize that you tend to abandon projects when you're half through now it's great having a lot of ideas you say you've got multiple ideas that's a great starting point to have a lot of ideas but at some point you've got to narrow down and decide this is what I'm going to commit myself to for the next two or three years. And that doesn't mean that the other things were not good ideas or that you'll never come back to them. Not at all. We, we can circle back and integrate great ideas the rest of your life, but you've got to create a clear focus where you aren't, you know, the old thing is, you know, if a Fox chases two rabbits, he'll never catch any either one. Well, that's true with this as well. Being multi-talented and having a lot of ideas is a great starting point. But I know people who are incredibly talented. I know people who have multiple patents and they couldn't find two nickels to rub together because they never pursued one thing in any, any reasonable length of time in a particular direction. So you want to do that. Now, if you're in a depressing job, uh, don't try to talk yourself into it. And, and, and I really don't understand if you say you got a job offer from a fantastic company, the pay is incredible, but you just can't seem to get excited. I mean, obviously you're trying to talk yourself into doing things that just you have no passion for. And if that's true, then identify where your passion is leading you and then create a clear economic model. How could you make great money doing something that you really do love? And if you see a little bit of traction there, I mean, that can carry us a long ways, keeping us moving forward so that we don't get diverted in another direction. Now, here's, here's part of the deal about this being November 14th, making clear goals for next year. I have already decided what I'm going to put my hand to, my energy and direction into next year. That means if in February you come along with a great idea, I'm going to say, hey, that's great. Man, love it. Hope you do really well. I won't be participating in that because I've already decided Deciding in advance helps you from being distracted by other things that may just pop up. Now's the time to decide. Kevin from Sarasota says, I attended coaching with excellence and write to the bank about four years ago, currently building my website, profitfrompurpose.com. The wording originated from how you, Dan, says something along the lines of find purposeful work you enjoy and make it profitable. Here's his question. Kevin says, I just finished reading Daniel Pink's to sell as human. And I noticed that at the very end of the book, he lists all of his resources. My question is this, does he contact each resource for permission to be used in his book? Or is he able to use the source without permission? As long as he lists exactly where the source originated from. Thanks for all you do. Well, here, here's the deal in wisdom meets passion. I have 21 pages of notes at the end. Now, this is how publishing has changed. Pub publishers are just gun shy about you know, somebody saying, hey, you used a word that I used there and didn't give me credit. Well, I quote a lot of other people. I mean, I've always been open about the fact that most of my writing is a compilation of all the wisdom that I've read from other people. Not much is original. I just put it together in a fun way and make it readable. But I quote from a whole lot of people. I draw resources. So in Wisdom Meets Passion, yeah, the publisher wanted me to reference anything that I got from another source. There's 21 stinking pages. I had to make the book shorter so we could get it all in. Personally, I thought it was ludicrous. But my point is, I didn't contact anybody that I referenced. I just referenced them. That's the answer to your question. No, you don't have to go back. I mean, if you use something out of one of my books, please don't come to me and say, can I use a quotation that you used on 
page 36 of No More Dreaded Mondays. Yeah, you can. Trust me. It's okay. Just reference it. Yeah, just reference it, and you're fine just to move on with that. Well, hey, just a reminder, you're hearing me go through a lot of questions here. If you've got a question, I'd love to have it in our quiver of questions that I open up every Wednesday morning. So if you've got a question, just shoot it in for 48 days. Go to the 48days.com site. It's probably easier. And look for the podcast link there. That allows you just to write it out. You can also leave an audio question like uh, Heath did earlier. You'll see the little speak pipe speak pipe microphone over there on the right hand side you can just hit that and just start talking i mean any computer at this point has a built-in mic so you can just hit that little microphone and speak it if it's short i can include it here if you want to write it out you can hit the red starburst there write it out or just send an email to askdan at 48days.com okay i want to squeeze in at least one more here this comes from leslie and this is interesting Leslie's a professional and she wants to make a change. I've been an avid listener of your podcast for the past four years after learning about you through Dave Ramsey. I've always find your perspective on life inspiring and through you have found many other podcast mentors such as Cliff Ravenscraft, Michael Hyatt, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, and so on. I feel like this has been both positive and negative for me. It's been great because I'm finally seeing that I don't have to be miserable in my day job and that I can take action steps to change my situation. It's been negative because I know now that I've been wasting my life so far and I feel guilty for not being further along and moving towards something that makes me happier than I am so far. My current financial situation and debt burden isn't allowing me to devote much time to creating a side business outside of my normal 45 plus hour per week. Uh, I'm working Dave's baby steps, but I'm still on step two and will be for a while. My current job as an optometrist is so specially niched that I find can't find ways to use my current skills in a new way in order to find a preferable employed situation. After working as an optometrist in two to three different practices, I know it's nothing to do with the company I work for. It's just the job in general that I'm not passionate about. This is why I would like to do something more entrepreneurial so I can create work that better fits my personality. I understand that to make this transition, it'll take a while, but I need to make change as the thought of doing this for the next 35 years leaves me feeling completely hopeless. Here's my dilemma. When I listen to the inspirational stories that come through my daily podcast, I feel a fire light within me that gives me energy and motivation to take what little resources I have after being sucked dry at the end of each day and try to build something on the side. It still moves slowly, but at least it moves. However, at the same time, this motivational content also makes me more and more frustrated and unhappy with my current day job. And I feel the frustration which builds inside of me is projecting negatively in my day work and personal relationships. Okay. She goes on, you know, the boat's close to the shore, but she can't afford to change what she's doing now. Can you help me find an end solution? Well, here's the deal. Great question, Leslie. And I appreciate the thoroughness of your sharing your current situation. Uh, I think it's um, ironic that as an optometrist, you're having trouble seeing new opportunities. You need to uh, put some new glasses on that you have access there so you can see that. But you also need to have some margin in your life. And I'll just kind of end with this. You need to have some margin in your life. You know, when I talk to somebody who's working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, you know, I ask them, 
do you have enough margin in your life so that you can invest 10 to 15 hours a week in making a transition? You really need to do that. Now, you don't describe much about the other discretionary hours of your day, so I don't know what that is, but we have 180, or 168 hours a week. If you're investing 45 hours, you still have about 120 hours there. So between sleep and your other obligations, can you find 10 to 15 hours to devote to what this transition would look like? If you can, you can make dramatic progress in 90 days. That's what I would look for. Devote 10 to 15 hours for 90 days. I've got a formula here. I don't have time to go through that. I'll bring that back another time and actually share with you a formula for how you can make a transition, whether you want it to be one year, two years, three years, or even a shorter period of time, which I often talk about, but get clear on what would it look like? What could you do now as an optometrist? Yeah, you're making professional income, but it's not insurmountable to duplicate that by doing something entrepreneurial. If you have a clear plan. God, I really want to encourage you on what that would look like and how you can do that. Well, we'll have to save that for another day. Hey, thanks for being part of this community of big thinkers, rule benders, people who see things that other people don't see. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about here. That's the kind of community that we want to have. Thanks so much for being part of it. And remember, remember this week, remember today, what story are you telling? How do you describe the life that you have, the life that has gotten you to where you are. How do you describe that? Because remember, the story you're telling reinforces where you are and it creates the future that you're going to have. Hey, if you're interested in coaching with excellence, check that out. Love to meet you in person. Love to spend those two days with you and put you on a path of success that a whole lot of other people have experienced here. So thanks for being part of this organization, this community, where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.